Hello, and welcome back to Nebcast. I'm your usual host, Brad Haig, and um, you at home, take a guess at who could possibly be my guest this week. Are you done? Did you guess Doug Stoker? Because he is with me here right now. Remember Doug from high school? Yes, Doug Stoker is my guest on Nebcast this week. Hello. How you doing, Doug? I'm all right. I'm actually going to move down just to make sure that I'm always in the mic. All right, I think I'll do the same. <laughs> so this is my first time doing a cast of any kind, so I guess you better lead the way. Yeah, if this is your first podcast, and um, my first podcast was 14 episodes ago, so don't feel too... Um, you're not entirely a newbie. And this is such a free-form forum that... Um, you know, don't expect it doesn't need to well, be professional. Much, yeah, right? so okay. it, it really just kind of evolves into what it wants to be. So, um, I guess uh, just start with something. I don't know, <laughs> question <laughs> uh, answer or something. Yeah, well, uh, I guess uh, everyone listening might be interested to know uh, what you've been up to since you graduated from high school. Nothing really that fantastic. Uh, work as a security guard. Join the army. Shortly out of uh, high school, been there for three years. When I got out, I've just moved place to place, doing little stuff. I'm content with my life. It's not much, but I like what I do. Uh, <laughs> what do you, what what do you do in your free time? What do you like to do? I like to read, listen to a lot of music, look at web comics. Mostly I'm open to all kinds of new things. I'll usually try anything about once or twice, see if I like it, or I'll look at new stuff. That's how I got into webcomics. It's just one person showed me one once, and I just looked off and looked for a couple of them so see you, if I like what I saw. So you uh, you look at, uh, what is it, XC, XKCD something dot com? I have the foggiest idea what that no. is. Um, well, you know, you're in the army for all that time. Any interesting stories, or do you have to kill me? No, them. no, not really. Although, uh, you try to some forget. of them probably would not be appropriate for mixed <laughs> company. Uh, soldiers can get kind of rowdy in their off time, to say the least. But uh, uh, it was it was a learning experience. It changed me a lot. I'm a much different person from who I was before. It uh, may not have been a very pleasant experience most of the time, but it was a very big growing experience for me. It made me who I am. So, I wouldn't go back. Mostly because I wouldn't want to relive it, but, you know, I, I wouldn't go back and change it either. I think last time I talked to you, uh, you, were even, you were actually considering going back. Uh, because I couldn't get a good job, and the economy was collapsing, and my life was going <laughs> into the toilet. And it's so much easier when you're just running through the woods, and you don't really care about your next bills. <laughs> um, dang, I had a question right there, like, and then I spaced out. Um... I was in the infantry, by the way. And those of you who know me probably are, will gawk at that and probably won't be able to imagine that. Neither could I. So did you ever have, like, uh, quarrels with, like, Air Force or Navy? Did, like, did you guys get any? Oh, no, I love those guys. Marines were very disciplined. They were very professional. Uh, Navy guys, the only Navy guys we got to work with were specialists. And they were, these guys were well known for being very good at their specific task. Uh, we had a couple Air Force guys that walked out there with us, and they were down in the grind with the rest of us. So, did you guys... as far as I'm concerned, if you wear the uniform, you're a good person. You're you're down with it. But did you like? Did you guys play pranks on each other? Uh, 
Occasionally. I didn't, but uh, I'm more than willing to share the laugh if someone else did. <laughs> feel, free to feel, feel free to elaborate. Elaborate. Because we, um, have, we have an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Um, <laughs> Trust me, every, everyone wants to know. Like They're it, not here right now. But... It, was a, uh, it was a while ago. Uh, God. Most of my time I spent with other army personnel, and uh, most of the pranks were mostly between uh, people with different MOSs. That's like method of service you have lawyers cooks army has a job for everybody you know if you want to do pay irs paperwork there's a job for you in the army and so our big way of i guess i hate to use the phrase segregation is you know the truck drivers stayed with the truck drivers the medics stayed with the medics the infantry guys stayed with the infantry guys and that's where a lot of the pranks you might be thinking of come from we probably led the military police on head-on chases chasing ghosts more than a few times simply for the fun of it because we were too drunk to know any better <laughs> would you like more examples uh sure i oh is, if you want to bother people looking, have heard enough of like they've heard 14 me talk 14 times well 13 because i missed an episode but <laughs> yeah they're they want to hear what you have to say they want to know about because you're of all of our group you've been away the most and so people need to get to know you again like uh it's not as crazy as you might think it, things aren't as bad as over there as most people make them sound and in some cases there are problems over there most people don't even consider and also like i i you know i are there some things like i can't ask you because that they're if, like if, traumatic because i know it, you've been shot at and stuff and I've, you've watched your friends die and i've had a lot of time to think about it and work on it myself and i'm better for it for a while there i was pretty screwed up and I'll be the first to admit it, but well, if if it comes to a point where some like if you bring up something like that, I'll just let you know, and yeah, we can deal okay. with it then. Cool. But as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing I know that is a secret. And I'm more than happy to share what I have. Okay. Yeah. There are some things that are not appropriate for mixed company, <laughs> and a web forum where anybody can look is probably most definitely <laughs> mixed company. The army's listening to it. <laughs> Or, like, you know, like... It's that Doug guy. Put your children at home. <laughs> that was classified. Uh, if you have small children, make them leave the room. <laughs> actually, not to totally divert topics, although that's what we do a lot on the show, but uh, I just remembered, like, because you were saying, like, you got a good job, and I was like, oh, Doug, tell everyone what you do now. I'm a security guard, which basically my job entails sitting by myself for 12 straight hours doing absolutely nothing but waiting for someone to do something wrong. Protecting everyone's meat. Yeah, it's a meat company. If you ever go get a steak at a Safeway or order a burger at a Ruby Tuesdays, the company that packages that meat is the company I work at. And I sit in the parking lot, and I watch the trucks full of meat, and that's it. It's a great job. They don't expect anything of me except to stay awake. And surprisingly, some people manage to screw that up. But... I know you're telling me about some of the uh, really... Uh, dumbfounding oh, tales of what... The most idiotic things you can think of. You, you really have to try to screw a job like this up, and apparently people do. We've had people just deliberately fall asleep. Like, when I say fall asleep, I don't mean not off. I mean bring pillows, bring a blanket, kick your feet up, racking out broad daylight while people are walking past. Because if anybody out there think that's a good idea, just leave now. It's <laughs> just... Not the job for you. No, not not the job for you. There was yeah. uh, another lady. She'd go up, go to coming into work, say hi to everybody, 
get her paperwork going for it. And when everyone left, she went home. She went home, she cooked lunch, went shopping, went to go see a movie, took a nap. And at the end of her shift, she would come back, get relieved, and then go back home again. Thinking that no one would notice she wasn't there. So, it, as, as stupid as I think, people would have to be to screw this up. Apparently, there are dumb people out there. Yeah, so. and apparently you caught her because you were being generous and trying to cover everyone's It was, it was Christmas, shift. and yeah. uh, I wasn't spending any time with friends, so I figured I'd just relieve everybody early, you know? Spend time with their kids and their family. And I get there, and nobody's there. <laughs> For three straight hours, nobody was there, and I'm wondering what happened. She claimed it was a three-hour... Yeah, I, I call uh, her three hours in, and she says she left ten minutes to go to get something to eat. Yeah, that didn't fly, so... Yeah, amazing. But, uh, it's, they don't expect much of me, and what I do, I'm allowed to do however I see fit. So basically, it's like doing your job how you think you should do it. And as long as they're happy, they'll let you keep doing it that way. You must uh, have a great sense of freedom, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, whatever problem comes up, as long as I deal with it in a way that it doesn't become an issue later... They don't really have a problem with it. They'll let me do it. No one's looking over my shoulder. No one's giving me orders or degrees. If they want me to do something specifically, they'll just tell me to do it however I see fit. And as long as they're happy, they'll let me keep doing it that way. Now, do you suppose that's because you're, you spent a bunch of years taking orders and now... Because most people, they, like, they, uh, when Actually, they get trained to take a... orders, they can't not... Like, they need to take orders for, you know, for a while. Like, they need structure, but you seem to... Like, it seems like you're trying to break away uh, from that. Yeah. I, I kind of... Being in the Army was extremely rigorous and very restrictive. So, like, most kids, when they get out of high school, they get to college, they experience freedom in the only way they know how with reckless abandon. I kind of had that when I got out of the Army. I <laughs> threw away all sense of convention. I tossed aside any kind of stability in my life and just kind of floated around for a few years. Which is uh, about that time when I was the most screwed up in the head. Just I couldn't deal with being under anybody's control or any, taking orders from anyone. It just didn't work out for me. So, well, you know, I've I've normalized a lot, figured myself out, done a lot of thinking, a lot of living, a lot of learning. Good stuff. I'm happy. How many people can say that? Not many, especially not now. A lot of, <laughs> lot of people are miserable. Economy, yeah. Yeah. Um, any interesting memories from high school? Many, many, but anybody who knows me knows I've got the worst damn memory ever. So if you probably brought up a specific instance, I could probably give you verbatim the entire event. But off the top of my head... Just in general, yeah, you don't remember? Uh, yeah. I remember individuals, some specific teachers. I remember driving Mr. Fink insane. <laughs> and uh, I remember Klug and his water bottle filled with gin on some days and <laughs> schnapps on others and Everclear on that one day. And he was a hoot and somehow managed to teach a very bright bunch of students. Yes. I don't want to brag, but we were all pretty special. I was like, I, I got the impression <laughs> that he would, he would sit down and he would teach one class. And then for the next three years, he would let that one class teach every class he had <laughs> for three years. And then he would sober up and teach another class. That's how he did it. And it worked, surprisingly enough. He, he, was, he just taught, taught the freshman class. And then that freshman class would teach every class yep. from that point on. 
Which one? Which one is this? That one is Asuka. My cat is on the counter. Yes, you can't see it at, at, at home right now through the podcast, but uh, she knows she's not supposed to be Asuka up there. Asuka is climbing around next to the. You're not supposed to be there, cat. Next to the mics. Ah! Off the table. All right, there um, she goes. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, you can't like remember general experiences because you were quite adept at quoting literature. Specific, oh, I could probably yeah. name any one out of four poems by Stephen Crane verbatim from memory, but I can't remember what I had breakfast yesterday. <laughs> so, it's a curse. So. Did you, um, you also did forensics, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, public speaking. Public speaking. Mr. Speaking Sharp, for those of you who remember him. And you also told a lot of jokes. Which I haven't done in a long time. But, you told uh, one tonight. So. I told one tonight. And shall so, I tell it, tell it now? As long as you can get it right this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I screwed it up when I told him. Yeah, but you've had uh, rehearsal now, so. Guy's walking down a, a beach. Classic story of a man finds a magic lamp. He rubs the lamp, the genie comes out. He says, I'll grant you one wish, any wish you want, for releasing me from the lamp. And the guy thinks for a minute, and he goes, well, I'm, I'm independently wealthy. I don't need any money or anything, and I don't have any wants. I've got a pretty happy life, but, uh... You know, I always wanted to visit Hawaii, but I'm afraid of fly I'm afraid of heights. And I'm not really looking to change myself at all, but you think it can build a highway that goes from Los Angeles, my home, to Hawaii so I can drive there on the weekend and I don't have to take a plane. And the genie goes, "Let me get this straight. You want me to build a highway across the ocean?" That's a that's a little much. Can you think of something else? And the guy goes, "Well, um I got it. Women I've never been able to understand women. I don't I don't get them. I don't know how they think. Could, could you help me out with that? And the genie thinks for a minute. And he looks speculatively at him and goes, So you want that a three-lane highway or a four-lane highway? <laughs> uh, I'm pretending that everyone at home is laughing. Ha ha, insert laughter here. Yes. Just imagine there's a guy behind me with a card that says laughter. <laughs> <laughs> you need the applause sign to blink right now. Oh, yeah, a little green neon sign. Yeah. Or the guy with the record player puts on the canned laughter. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder how that works. Is it a record? Is it like the cow thing with it's a can, you just turn it over, and oh, laughter it... comes out? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, um, I'm trying to remember how they did it back in the day. Probably it was a recording of some kind. Yeah. You but, notice there's like a but it wasn't good... a box or something. There was a neat little minute or two period of time when there was no laughter and there would be laughter again <laughs> like they had to rewind the tape really fast oh well i'm not gonna try <laughs> can't can't have too much dead air can't think too much um, can't think too much oh i'm liking this already <laughs> um okay so you said you had a couple interesting questions you might try sneaking into this interview. Oh, not really specific questions. Like, uh, you know, in general, like, uh, as a kid, did you ever, like, run skyclad through a mall or what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of a dumb Get thing. Get visited by aliens? I, I could keep going. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, like, wish you had a radio program as a kid? Like your own radio the show? The first time I ever had a fantasy of having my own radio program was after seeing a movie called Talk Hard. I don't know if you've ever, if Never any of you it. have ever seen this movie, go out and rent it because it's great. It's about a uh, it's about a kid in high school who recently moves to this new town and he hates the school and he hates the people and he has all the gear at home that he needs to make a pirate radio station. 
and he gets on this radio station same time every night all the kids at school listen to it and he uses a voice modulator so they don't know it's him and he speaks out against the politics the school and the way the teachers do things that he finds immoral and how the students do some dumb stuff and he's really popular but in real life he's this shy guy who just happens to have this pirate radio station on the side what year was it you know oh jeez uh, remember Broken Arrow, the movie with John Travolta? Who played opposite John Travolta? Uh, uh, Broken Arrow. Christian Slater? Christian Slater is the main character. He plays the guy. Wait, wait, wait. It was a young Christian Slater, like is it, early it's 20s. It's called Talk Hard? It's called Talk Hard with Christian Slater. Are you sure it's not called Pump Up the Volume? You know, it might be. <laughs> Talk Hard was this phrase he kept saying. <laughs> Like I said, I've got an excellent memory for details, but something as simple as a title <laughs> of a movie I'm not blows sure I'm my right. mind. It's like something about the volume or something. It's probably it's yeah. up the volume. Great show. And after watching that movie once, I had the idea of maybe it'd be really neat to have my own pirate radio station. I thought it was a great idea. And like most fantasies, fell by the wayside. Then again, I was also halfway through my military enlistment, so I didn't really have time for a pirate radio station. <laughs> That's Sounds like saying. a good way to lose your security clearance, honestly. <laughs> well, I think Robin Williams did pretty well. Eh. Good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Oh, Robin Williams. <laughs> the day I am like Robin Williams, shoot me then, because that will be the pinnacle of any career I try to choose. Robin Williams <laughs> is a god of comedy. Have you ever... Well, you probably watched him. Like, have you seen him live live? Like, uh, been present at a live oh, show? Oh, no, like, no, not no. seen a, like, a live performance um, on tape? I've only seen two comedians live. One was a guy who has a show called uh, Defending the Caveman. I've never been able to see a CD of him, and I saw Bill Cosby live. Wow. A couple months ago. A couple months ago? Yeah. He's he was still here. Doing he it? was here in Denver. It was the first show. Uh, my understanding it's the first show he's done since his son died. Wow. And he came to Denver for one day. And How I old got... is he? He's going to be like 80. Uh, that's what the sum of most of his jokes were about <laughs> his creeping age and how his senility is starting to get to him. The man is still a god of comedy and shall, should be remembered as a founder of what we know as comedy today. I love the man. Bill Cosby is king. And any jokes you can quote to us? Oh, uh, he talks about the people in his head that tell him to do things. Can you and, perform it like I'm asking you to, oh God, to perform no, it? No, pro probably not. <laughs> but he, he talks about, you know, as uh, the people in his head will... He'll be going along in his mind, and the people will go, oh, you need to go do this, and we'll start to go doing this. And one day he would be in his bed, and he'll go, okay, you got to go all good up and doing this. And he starts to get up. Before he even gets up, his wife goes, where's you going? He goes, oh, I don't know. She goes, well, you were going somewhere. He goes, well, the people in my head told me to go. Where were you going? I don't know. You interrupted them. They didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and uh, Adam saw Robin Williams uh, in 2002 when he was out here. Oh, I'm and... jealous. Sorry, not to brag, but... Well, I got to see Bill Cosby. That's like the biggest you got to see Robin comedy. Williams. So those guys, them mm. and I've seen Dane Cook. But um, Dane Cook's kind of new, huh? but the greats. You're talking yeah. old Dennis Leary, George Carlin. Carlin. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get to see Carlin before he died. Mm. That was tragic. I, of course, I didn't know he died until a month later because I just don't pay attention. I don't right. watch the news. A bit out of the loop, yeah. I don't listen to radio, watch the news, read newspaper. Last the last time I read a newspaper is because I was shredding it for uh, cat litter. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, the the only like the Dane Cook one was kind of like he at that time he I pretty much heard all of his material, so watching the show was just like watching stuff. A I recap yeah. of everything you've already seen. Like occasionally there'd be some improv, but 
And then, yeah, Robin Williams is so fast, but when you're sitting, like, in the very back and you can't really see him at all, it's not as entertaining. So, like, you're just hearing it and you're, like, trying to follow in your mind and your imagination. I like but... him as an actor. I, I love seeing him on film. He's a very mm-hmm. fresh actor on film. And I really appreciate him as a dramatic actor. The couple times oh, yeah. he's played serious roles, he's done a fantastic job. I've just... One of the greats. Yeah. So definitely someone to look to when you think of best actors of all time, which you can't come down to one person. There are so many good ones. Oh, yeah. So many great talents out there. I mean, of all ages, of both sexes, all colors, all, all backgrounds, there are just so many fantastic actors out there. <coughs> Spe- speaking of improv, did you... Uh... <coughs> did you do a... Sorry. <laughs> you can take your water if you want. I think the water is what did it to me. Oh. Uh, did you ever do improv at, uh, in high school with us? Because I did an improv class. The only improv I ever did was Mr. Klug insisted I improved a story to get into children's theater. Which, as far as I'm concerned, was the best time I ever had in high school. When did you do children's theater? Uh, first semester senior year. It was the only time I'd ever done it, and I regret it to this day that I did not go for it every Sooner, single time yeah. it came up, because it was the most fun I had in high school. Yeah, they don't have it anymore. And interestingly enough... They canceled it. They canceled it? Okay, well, that's not too surprising, because everybody who runs the school system is a bunch of chimps with Down syndrome. So... <laughs> hey, Golden High School was run by a bunch of idiots. Uh, I don't know, maybe some of you guys had great experiences. I saw a bunch of self-important political morons pardon my french <laughs> have you been to the school lately yeah, they tore it down didn't they yeah it's gone uh, well it's it's still there but it's the the structure we knew is gone there's a new one in its place and if i remember correctly wasn't that place built by somebody who designs prisons i don't know i heard it was built on an indian burial ground so uh it was and it was inhabited by all those spirits too so heard a lot of things uh, it must have had really good humor, because the only supernatural stuff kind of happened in funny ways. My foot's falling asleep now. Man, well, my leg's falling asleep. I just okay. ignore it. And the audience is falling asleep. Aww. Aww. Wake <laughs> up! <laughs> Oi! What? Uh. Yeah, we just got from dinner, and... yeah. Sesame chicken. Yeah, we just had delicious. sesame chicken for dinner. You know, maybe you can go back in here and cut out all the pauses it made bring up the speed will sound like the chipmunks that <laughs> might keep them up because they'll be going okay what the hell did they just say okay from now uh, on, i think i picked that one up but what <laughs> this next half of the cast is the uh chipmunk speed version not really oh I, god I, I hope not i try to edit these as little as possible so um god what, what else were we going to talk about i don't know this this isn't my first time this is kind of new I'm, right <laughs> now i'm just staring at a bunch of blue blobs pop up and down with the yeah, speed of my voice it's called the waveform it looks... And it's distracting me, too, because it's, euphoric, it's moving. Almost. Yeah. Usually when we're recording elsewhere, it's just it's just one bar that doesn't move. Well, we're doing this at home on my laptop, and yeah. I just downloaded the first open-source program I could find, which is fairly interesting-looking. I'm like this big media-editing, you know, artistic guru, and yet I don't have any kind of device that'll just record sound anywhere so but you know i want a laptop but i want to get a mac and then i was using my ipod but 
that crashed. So Mac has a good reputation. I hear their their hardware and software both work very well. Oh, they're really solid. They're just darn expensive. But when I get a computer, I play video games on it because I'm kind of that kind of inverted, you know, non-communicative <laughs> kind of person that will sit down and play an anti-social game for 20 hours at a time. You you want to escape? Yes. Oh, do I ever? <laughs> Wouldn't I rather be living in some fantasy world than our current one with you know the war in Iraq and depleting stocks and problems with jobs and money and everything? Wouldn't you rather be living in a Lord of the Rings world, farming? And Honestly, farming. I swear to God. <laughs> and that's why you now live in the world of Warcraft. I do. I have a World of Warcraft account. I'm almost ashamed to admit that. Because it is sucking up Gaussian proportions of my time. That's what I hear. Everyone I know who's played it, this is just their lives. It'll it's their do alternate it. reality. Well, I mean, they, they have on the bottom, they have a little disclaimer that says, experience changes with online play. What they should say is, don't make any future plans. <laughs> Because it really, it, it, if you get into it, you'll you'll go you'll go in there Saturday night. You'll be ready to play. You'll start playing on Saturday, and then you look up and you realize it's still Saturday night. The next week, you haven't slept, you haven't eaten. It's a game like that. It even comes with an application for citizenship. So are you serious? It does. No, I oh. just made that up. <laughs> I was joking because it takes your life away. Yes, Douglas, it is gullible. I'm surprised that the uh, FBI hasn't moved in on it to declare it an illegal drug in the United States. Drug? This is America we're talking about here. They'll be taxing it any time <laughs> now. <laughs> Since they can figure out how to tax it, yes. Well, they already sales tax it, so that's... Yeah. Hell, it makes money. It's all about capitalism, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, uh, you know, you have your own show, so ideally, what would you do with your own radio show? Like, if this was... If this was radio, yeah, what would you... What would you talk about? Well, back in the time I uh, had the fantasy, I was kind of in a rut in my life and anger issues and, you know, basically my own screwed up self. So I had a lot of anger to vent and I would probably used it for that, which is probably one more good reason why I didn't. <laughs> no, I'm fairly, you know, mellow, just chill, nothing really to broadcast. I could pretend to be like a Colin and then you... A who? A Colin, a call, you know. Oh, a Colin. Yeah, if this was, you know, a Colin show, and you were, you had a program where you were venting, much I, like a lot of those, eight fifty KOA shows, uh, are like. Remember, we were talking. I yeah. try to remember stuff we talked. This is the problem. We uh, hung out earlier and reminisced and got, you know, caught each other up on each other's lives, and now we already know Everything the answers to all our questions. Other, so. Yeah. We got to remember what to ask again, and, um, and how to get to it, what to bring up. And all so I'm that trying to stuff. change it into like a skit forum where we pretend to have a show, and so now this is. Um, uh, Stay tuned while Brad and Doug try something else. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Fire away. Yeah, don't worry about that. I can take out the breaks. I'm I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to prepare as an actor because I'm not a very good one, and. Uh, and now for the weather. <laughs> it's sunny. You're listening to What's Back Wrong to with America with Doug Stoker. Oh, we don't want to talk about that on any radio forum. Because <laughs> uh, I can go on. What's Wrong with America has been canceled. <laughs> um, due, to, due to an inevitable psychotic break on my part. <laughs> Doug uh, blew his brains out on the air. <laughs> 
Um, shoot. Well, okay. See, part of improv is you're not supposed to say no, and you just said a big no oh, to yeah, my that, idea. That's, uh, <laughs> that particular subject is a little uh, is a little fresh. I have a tendency of getting carried away with that subject. Right. Well, so see, I, there's a lot of material to it, and oh, there's a lot of material. Exactly. To it. So it's a little. Uh, all right, let's try something else. Um, Doug. <laughs> Doug's movie forum. <laughs> Welcome to Doug's movie forum. Oh. This week, Doug has watched. Oh God, what did I watch today? Uh, I watched a Disney film called Treasure Planet, uh, Lords of War, Lords of War, The Thirteenth Kingdom, one or two of the episodes in the middle, Tombstone, Pirates of the Caribbean, the third one, Gross Point Blank, and. The third season of Bones. How's that? Okay, I'm gonna call in. Beep bop boop beep beep. <laughs> Actually, they never do the dial thing on on the air, so that's stupid. Um. Hi, is, is this Doug? Usually, it's like there's a click, and it sounds like someone's speaking through cellophane. Right. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm I'm driving. Is it Doug. Hello. Okay. Hello. Hi. <laughs> All right, so you don't greet your guests. That's fine. Um, I was wondering, uh, I just got back from seeing uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 3, and I thought it was kind of boring because they really didn't do anything except, uh, you know, they built up that uh, Jack Sparrow was, um, you know, it, like the whole movie was going to be about trying to rescue Jack Sparrow, and he gets rescued like in the first five minutes, and that's kind of boring. And then they go on this whole subplot where I don't even know like what the point of it was in the end, and it kind of just lost me. But uh, w what did you think? Well, I kind of walked in during the last hour of the movie, which is where all the fight scenes started, and I thought the fight scenes were very well choreographed. Notice I'm not mentioning any of the storyline whatsoever. <laughs> okay, so you didn't see it. Um... Actually, I did talk a lot about uh, Karen Knightley's career, how she's doing a really good job picking and choosing her career options. I think she's got a really bright future. We might see a lot of her. Um, like, for instance, what movies? Well, she's been in a lot of sword fighting movies. I've noted. I think she was in some kind of King Arthur movie recently. All the Pirates of the Caribbean. She, but she also played in a movie by the same guy who did Man on Fire with Denzel Washington called Domino. Hmm. And I thought it was great. I think she's she's really getting along in her career. I hope to see more of her. I haven't seen uh, Domino, but I've seen like a lot of her more independent stuff. Like I saw mm -hmm. Pride and Prejudice. And... Oh, she's really good. And of course, we also have. Uh, the guy that played Jack Sparrow, of course. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp has been fantastic in almost everything he's ever done. Most interesting thing being, I don't think I've ever seen him play the same role twice. Ever. Sometimes I can't even compare the two. I don't even know it's the same person if I don't read the credits. Are you excited about uh, Public Enemies coming out? I have no idea what that is. It's uh, I think it's he's playing Dillinger. John Dillinger. And Christian Bale... Is you know the government and they're trying to catch him. Hmm. I've seen no that. idea. I've, I've the previews came out like earlier this year and then like silence. <laughs> so which could be good and could be bad because yeah, if the silence it could be like they previewed and no one was interested and they're like crap what do we do with this movie? Or it's um, we just wanted to let you know that it's coming out now, yeah, it but it's be a number of things not like, till Christmas. Uh... Generating generating awareness. Oh, there's a couple things. Like, for example, um, for those of you who do tabletop gaming, there's a, there's a game called Warhammer. It's a little miniature game. And there's a company that put down almost $2 million to try to create a movie based on this. Towards the end of the creation scheme, 
Games Workshop, the company that owns Warhammer, released a clause. Anybody that released a movie based on their product would be sued for it. They meet, they just cut the project off right at the end, right when they were about to publish it. So, stuff like that happens. It could be maybe one of the main actors died. Partway through the creation, they've got to go back and redo the entire film. Uh. Maybe they ran out of funding. Maybe there is a copyright issue. Could be any number of reasons why they stopped advertising. It could be that it's just they ran out of money to advertise <laughs> with, and it's going to pop out of nowhere. We're going to go by the movie theater, and there it's going to be in Technicolor, and we've never heard of it before. And it could be a couple years before we see anything. Uh, I was all ready for it. And it's a. Uh... It sounds interesting. Sounds like a great cast, too. Oh, yeah. Does Christian Bale ever do Christian Bale? disappointing work? Uh, you're going to have to give me a couple hours and uh, some time <laughs> with my movie collection, but that's yeah. nothing I can think of off the top of my head. The Machinist? Awesome. Uh, Don't know. Absolutely. You've never seen The Machinist? I've never seen The Machinist. He dropped to 90 pounds to play that role, and then within like six months, he bulked up to 225 to play Batman in Batman Begins. Oh, that's Christian Bale. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a good actor. <laughs> He's a method actor. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and he's in Terminator Salvation now, and uh, yeah, he did Rescue well, Dawn. A lot of the, yeah. a lot of the really great actors of our time are all method actors. Jeez. Uh, uh, for those Tom of you, Hanks is a method actor. Dustin Hoffman's a method actor. Uh, for people not familiar with acting, um, describe what a method actor is, Doug. Someone who goes out of their way to experience the role they're playing. For example, when Tom Hanks was in. Um, what was it, Castaway? Mm-hmm. When he was on the island by himself? With the volleyball. In the, you see the scene where he gets to the island and there's a break in the scene that takes place almost a year later. And between that time, he went through a rigorous program where he forced himself to lose a huge amount of his normal body weight. He stayed out in the sun, he grew his beard out, he actually lived out in the wilds to force himself to feel like the character he was playing. Um, Denzel Washington in the movie The Hurricane about the boxer. Denzel Washington spent a year learning how to box so he would have the body type and the mannerisms of a boxer when he played that part. Dakota Fanning in Man on Fire actually went out and got swimming lessons specifically because there was a scene in the movie she was playing in that involved her going to a swim meet. Webmethody acting is feeling like your character by literally living their lives as close as you can. I think, uh, didn't De Niro do something for, like, Taxi Driver or Raging Bull that was like that? I think so, yeah. and uh, Dustin Hoffman, in one of his first films, there was a scene where he was being chased by somebody. And then they, they did a cut, and everyone went to their breaks, and they were doing the scene where he gets to the end of the chase. And before they did the scene, he went outside, and he ran around the block six times at full speed. So when he came back, he was sweating and tired, just like his character would have been at the end of that scene. I also heard that uh, Tom Hanks got, a infe- like, a deadly infection from that, like, Doing his uh, doing his thing rehearsal, yeah, probably during cast. Method actors are willing to do that kind of stuff to themselves. Um, actually, another good example: the new Batman film with uh, what's his name? Then? Oh, Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger would get himself down on uppers and would give himself so much, so many uppers, so he could play the Joker correctly mm-hmm. that he overdosed himself. That's what I heard. Oh, I heard it was like uh, there's two things he did. He uh, he wrote a journal. Mm-hmm. As, like uh, with the mind of the Joker, so he'd like write down the most horrible, horrible ideas he could think of, mm-hmm. and like spin them into jokes. And so there's this whole journal with all that material in it. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, he was he spent so much time like rehearsing his character that he couldn't sleep, so he took sleeping pills in order to get himself to go to sleep, so he wasn't all burnt out, and then yeah, he overdosed. Another thing I've been hearing is that he took a lot of uppers, so when he was at the Joker, he was literally flying high on his own amusement. Right. So it's probably a combination. This, like he, yeah, he this, got. This is a person who wanted to play their role right, so they literally wanted to live that role, so they play it the way it should be. Right. Method actors are some of the best in the world, but you know it could backfire, like what happened to Heath Ledger. Yeah. If he probably hadn't pursued it so solid, it might yeah. not have killed him. <laughs> But we could all admit he did a fantastic job in that film. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So that's the movie portion. I guess <laughs> I've actually like tried to avoid like the podcast is usually just supposed to be like about nebulous visions and what we do. Mm -hmm. So I've always tried to like avoid movies like movie reviews and things because it's really easy to yeah. do. But somehow it's, it's unavoidable too. So. But, well, you know, but, you know, one thing leads to another. It's like a constant uh, a stream of thought. You follow one idea to another. I mean, we may have started talking about movies, but from there we went to what method acting was, mm -hmm. talking about the careers of specific actors, the effects of what the kind of career might do to a person physically. Jump to a bunch of different subjects based on one thing. And yeah. it's really interesting where you can go from one thought if you're willing to trail it all the way. Right, and it was good because like, it was like detailed stuff. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, that movie was cool. And then, and then cricket <laughs> sounds, and yeah. everyone just kind of kicks back. Yeah. Did you like that scene? Yeah. But yeah, when you yeah, get that into... That one, the one scene with the guy, and he yeah. did that thing with the hair, and yeah, that Where one he said was... that line, that was really funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when you talk to, like, how the craft, you know, gets made, that's the interesting material of it. I have uh, immense amounts of respect for the talent that it takes to just become someone else for like that. They're the storytellers of our time. I mean, back in our tribal days a storyteller was a revered member of the tribe they were the teachers they taught the lessons to the young and they made they were, were the advisors to the older these are the storytellers of our time they teach us our ethics well, i mean for a generation of latchkey kids who pretty much raise themselves nowadays we learn a lot about the world and who we are from movies and games and radio what we see and what we hear outside of our families this creates a lot of what our world is. My uh, script writing teacher like used to preach to us that uh, humans, like our basic uh, like want of existence, is to be storytellers. Like aside from our like just surviving, like that's what we do. Um, like beyond ourselves is just to tell stories to each other. It's a very rewarding thing. Yeah, that's why I like doing forensics. I mean, it wasn't I wasn't just performing a piece of poetry or reading a, a humorous play i was telling a story it was something that made an effect on me and i was trying to share that experience with people did you i don't did i ask you did you ever like try to do stand-up go out and do stand-up comedy no 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 why not stage fright you, you have stage performance fright. performance anxiety really if i can practice that's fine but the idea of creating something like that uh at, at the time open mic night out of the question yeah, no, I'd probably get up there and it would turn into me just kind of, you know, do an awkward little dance, maybe make a quick quip from here and there, wondering if people are going to boot me off stage or encourage me to go on. Really? Because, like, in our private circle, yeah, you can just go and 
Yeah. Or at least you, I remember you used you, to. You like, put me in front of a bunch of strangers and, and like me, just I clam up a done. little bit. <laughs> I mean, if you put me in front of three or four people, that's fine. You put me in front of a room of fifty. That's why I did forensics because I had that problem. Was because I couldn't loosen up in front of people. And what forensics literally did was it forced me to be in front of a lot of people and force me to perform, to open up, to experience and feel in front of a lot of people. And it was intended to help me. It just turned out I liked doing it a lot. But it was also very rigorously controlled and very formulated and organized. So it's not something as chaotic as just walking up on stage, grabbing a mic and trying to get away with as much as I can before someone jumps up and throws me out of the bar. <laughs> I, don't know, I think I think you should try it because I watched... Uh... I don't know if you remember Peter Cohen from high school. Yeah. But he was advertising. He regularly does like open mic and uh, stand up around town. And uh, like I went to wow. one of them, and you know he's pretty good. And uh, he this, was really recluse. Huh? In, in high school, I mean, he he was very. Yeah, I'd, like I know he liked uh, Dennis Leary. Like he liked listening to that stand up. But uh, I, I mean, didn't. He was he was a good he was a good guy. But I would have never guessed. Yeah, he has That's like a awesome. whole act and everything, and. Um, it seems like the crowd isn't, doesn't seem that scary to me. Like I, I still wouldn't go up there myself because <laughs> I don't have an act, but, um, I think you can improv better and like everyone who's in those smaller, like lesser known crowds, everyone's there just because everyone else there wants to do that. Like they love doing comedy mm -hmm. and the audience is other comedians who just want to Appreciate who, other people who want a uh, venue where they can just try out their material. So I, no, like everyone's just you know encouraging. Even if like your joke fails, and you acknowledge it on stage. You're like, okay, that one doesn't work. Everyone laughs. So uh, it might be fun for you to try sometime. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. If I ever, you know, I don't drink anymore, but I might need a couple shots <laughs> to get me up on stage. So. And actually, interesting enough, uh, even though don't like, drink, as in haven't had a drop since. June twenty fifth, two thousand and three. Knock on wood. So, you haven't drank since two thousand three. Wow. Well, I've direct. I've had a beer once or twice a year since then, but I haven't been drunk since June twenty fifth of two thousand and three. Mm. So. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of getting drunk, although I have passed out. But. <laughs> well, it. Once it got to be a problem after a while. June, interestingly enough, June 25th of 2003 is the day I got out of the army and decided <laughs> to change my life. So, Up until that point, I have very few memories of being in the military. <laughs> Most of them at a haze as the walls kind of moved on either side of me. You'd be surprised how fast you can run when you're trashed out of your mind. <laughs> so, do you remember... Um... When uh, in high school, I was doing the Nebulous Galaxy stuff. I do. Do you remember a character called Vix Ragic? I do. It was a short story that you and I were making. I don't think it made it past chapter three. Um, I don't know what chapter, but I do know it's called Pandemonium. Was it? Was that what we yeah. decided to call it? Okay. And it was under a, a specific label. I think it was called a special. Something special ops? I was, uh, he was some kind of, like, a snarky, like, was really, really determined not to care about the the universe, but ends up getting pulled into it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Is that all you remember? I, I, I was kind of just sparking, like, hey, remember, I remember this he had for pet, me. What was it, Grox's? Mm. Grox, some kind of lizard-like creature that he has as pets, like dogs. 
Oh yeah, yeah, some lizard thing. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. And he and had his, uh... trench coat and glasses, and he, I think oh. he's still online. Like the rendering I did of him on Quirk's Fleet, he's still up there. Yeah, but... I kind of fit him as like a the kind of the grungy street cop that you see on those cop shows, like the uh, like the vice cop that's been at it for too long, something like that. It's kind of how I imagined him. Like with the guy from the Shield or something. That's a little gr more grungy than I had in mind. He's also a little bit more corrupt than I had in mind. <laughs> That's true. That character is corrupt. Yeah. Was like the the opening like the opening episode of that show? Oh, I haven't seen it. I just heard about it. Okay, in the opening episode, he shoots some guy in the head just to cover his own ass. Ooh. Just like, okay, so you're an undercover cop. You're here to watch me. Right. Look left. Look right. Boom. He's not a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, he's a good cop, but he's not. But he's a pretty bad person. I think that's the attraction of the show. Is yeah, you get to see it's, a cop it's, it's so ambiguous. It's so raw. Nice. So, yeah, I gotta try that sometime. It was neat. I've, I've seen like two, three seasons of it. It's not bad. But uh, yeah, anything else you remember from the Nebulous Galaxy stuff? I remember some of the short story stuff. I really liked it when you were um, reviewing movies and games as your characters. On Cirque's Domain, is that Hell yeah. yeah, I remember that stuff. We just relaunched uh, a new version of the website. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see more of that, because that was kind of neat. There's just, like, different, uh, per a persona reviewing something, as opposed to... Right. So you're talking about the, like, you know, have the little pictures of the character. Uh-huh, and, and I, they... thought, I thought it was a really clever way of doing it. And they really. weren't really reviewing the movie, they were just, like, it was just, a like, a dialogue, almost like a transcript of them sitting in the theater watching the movie, so it would be like... Hey, that guy just walked in, you know? Yeah, <laughs> or, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was a really clever way of doing it. I don't Thank remember you. a lot of that. Yeah, we're trying to get back into it. You should. You should. There's a lot of good material there. And, and actually, the way this website's set up now is you can, uh, like, create an account and log in. And it's like a blog. So you, you can post comments. So if you want to get in on it and do your own reviews, you okay. can. <laughs> I may, I may. Um... Lots of interesting movies. I hope you people don't mind me reviewing movies that were released 10 to 15 years ago because that's kind of when I get a movie, I go, oh, look, $5. I know that <laughs> actor. Let's give it a try. Look at this relic. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much are. It's, it's like you have I to found hidden treasure. <laughs> I feel like yeah. Indiana Jones going through a dig site. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, uh, did you see the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I did not. Uh, because you didn't want to, or you just haven't gotten around to it? Uh, people whose opinions I trust dictated as a fan movie, and I love the originals, but one thing I have noticed is most re-releases or sequels based on series that came out around that time are nowhere near as good as the originals. Man. And I judge that based on the new Star Wars movies, one through three is nowhere near as good as four through no, six. I don't care. I don't care who you are. It's it just does four, five, not. and six are like and cinema classics. When I, when I say four, five, and six, I mean the original release with the animatronic puppets and like the bad graphics <laughs> and where, where they superimposed laser imagery for the ray beams and when the Death Star blew up. It's this flash and then just random little sparkly debris. I. When they go back and they remake it, it's like they're portraying the original film. I loved the way it was originally. I, I loved seeing the gritty, it almost looks like a screen in the back of the ship's on Hoth. I like that. And then they go back in there and now it looks like something out of a computer. Because it is something out of a computer. 
It's funny because I was watching like uh, some interview about the making of the Star Wars movies, and Lucas's mandate was that he wanted the Star Wars world to look lived in. So it had to look dirty and grimy and unpolished. And what does he go and do with one, it, two, it, and three? Yeah, it, he makes the most polished, pristine-looking Star Wars ever. It go. Go, go get yourself another copy of Star Wars 4 where they put in that new scene of Tatooine which is full of people. It looks spotless. I didn't see one thing of trash. Mm-hmm. I didn't see one thing of garbage. Everyone's these shiny skins. They look like cartoon characters. Yeah. And right can... up until they get into the bar and then it goes back to the classic animatronics that I know and love. Like, in, like the only defense I can think of is that, you know, okay, well, of course the universe looked clean before the Empire came around and ruined it, but... Still, this is Tatooine. Like... This is the backdrop of the universe. You have a Jedi Master looking down at the city and going, you will never find a greater hive of scum and villainy. And if you if you take all the canon that they've shoved down our throat since, he should know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I watched the movie two days ago. I forgot to mention. I watched all three Oh, so Star it's Wars fresh movies. in your mind? Yeah. So <laughs> The first three? You watched the first... I, when I say first three, that's four, five, and six. Okay. One, two, and three are, you know, optional. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Although I own them, yeah. But yeah. they're still, they're just, yeah. Dude, were you with us? Um, I haven't even seen three. Yeah. I never saw Revenge three. Revenge of the Sith, you didn't see? Th- I never saw it. Yeah, you're not missing much. Oh, In my good. opinion. So a lot of people would disagree because among the fan base, they say, oh, Revenge of the Sith makes up for everything. And actually, I don't really mind episode one because the pod race is pretty cool. I and... watched episode one about 50 times because I was working in a movie theater at the time. And if I got a break, I'd go up there and I'd watch the battle where they're throwing water balloons at robots. And <laughs> uh, just. I got kind of tired of. The floppy lids are jarbinks! Jar jarbinks is a flaming homosexual! I hate that character. <laughs> Were you uh, with me and Russell and I think Roger when we all went and saw the special editions? At like the bowl in the bowls theater. No. Oh, like no. back in '98 or '97, um, in like January, February, and March, they re-released each of the original Star Wars as special editions. I went editions. and saw them with my dad. You with your dad? Okay. I, I I saw the middle one, uh, the Empire Strikes Back, which call call me crazy if you like, or call me cheating off of Clerks, because I agree. Empire Strikes Back is the best of the three. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. It's it's and it's not because it starts on a down note. There's so much character development in that one. They introduce Lando Calrissian. Luke finds out about his history. It really continues the series along. You get to see Han and Leia's relationships start to flower a little bit. You get more characterization out of Chewie, other than just the angry, hairy person that follows them around, and makes up for their lack of strength. I think it, it adds a lot of development to it. It gives you a better sense of what the Force is and what Luke's history is. I liked it. It was a great film. Return of the Jedi was great at finishing it up. New Hope was great at starting it. I loved the way they continued it in Empire Strikes Back. Blasphemy. Blasphemy? Uh, There's something that never really sat well with me uh, in Return of the Jedi. I never really could put my finger on it until now. You know, those... Uh, in order to complete the second Death Star, they mm. had to have uh, not just the Empire working on it, but they had to have hired a bunch of independent contractors oh, yeah. to finish the job. Yeah. Now, so when they destroyed it, not only did the Empire get destroyed, but a bunch of innocents were killed in the process. Yeah, you know, you, you have this big big Death Star, but you know, you still need electricians and 
plumbers and you know sorry i'm trying to quote lunch ladies yeah (laughs) i it's been so long since i've seen clerks you probably could have totally screwed it up and told me you did it right and i'd have believed you um i can believe it Uh, if we really do want to talk about something as nerdy as the actual construction of a mythical space station in a mythical universe (laughs) created by someone who i i'm sorry i'm sorry george lucas but i think you betrayed your own series (laughs) uh he hasn't heard that enough (laughs) (laughs) another one that i wasn't happy with is the alien versus predator stuff i love the original aliens I love the original Predators. I saw Alien vs. Predator once, and I will never watch another one ever again. Really? Really. Because I, I have to vouch for two. I was that disappointed with one that I, when I heard two was coming out, I just end the conversation right there. I no. don't want to hear about it. No, dude. Watch two. It's not smart, but it's entertaining as hell. I like If you want to see, because I agree with you, that first Alien vs. Predator sucked balls. Uh, they, that was just it, so painful. It to... was painful. It's like everything that made Aliens and Predators what they were that made them scary and made them interesting and made them incredible. Some girl can walk up to the Predator and just start having a rational conversation with him about how to defeat the aliens. Yeah, that was That's the dumbest move ever. Slow. I... That Predator would have taken her head off instantly as long as she was threatening him because apparently the Predator doesn't actually kill you unless you are part of his game. I guess as a as a device to drive the story it works is still retarded <laughs> yeah but two that like and also with uh the first one it, it's that movie seemed like aliens got the total uh the total bag like the, the predators just got shit on the whole time like they had like it, it that movie favored the aliens so much but pre- uh alien versus predator 2 one predator versus all of them it's awesome I'm more of a fan of the aliens, actually. Oh, really? I loved the alien movies the more than I did the Predator movies. It's now Doug versus Brad. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just I don't like the way they went about Alien versus Predator. I don't like how they how they went about it. I have not a doubt in my mind that a Predator could take out an alien. Did you uh, ever like are you familiar with the comic books and stuff that kind of spawned the whole thing? Bits and pieces. I mean, I'll I'll go through Barnes and Noble sometimes. Sit down. Like I said, I read. If I'm, when I'm when I read, I'm I mean, either. I can I read three or four series it. in a month. Yeah. But uh, every now and then I'll go through Barnes and Noble. I'll see a comic, and if it looks interesting, I'll flip through it. I've seen a couple Alien vs Predator. Believe it or not, I actually like the Batman vs Aliens. <laughs> see, I've never. Or Batman vs Predator. My bad. I've never read any of those crossovers. So I was just wondering. Yeah, they're they're not bad. The Batman versus Predator stuff is actually really good. There's three of them. And it's just the aliens keep coming back to pick on him, and he just sends him back. So the aliens are in it any, anyway, even though it's uh, Batman versus Predator? It's, but I, I think so. I know Superman takes out the aliens at one point. He even gets a facehugger, baby. Wow. Then yep. he flies into the sun, as Superman is prone to do, and crushes it with his massive testosterone. <laughs> um, sorry to back up. Uh, damn it. I had... Uh, <laughs> Mind you, Superman's a decent character for many reasons, some of which I probably shouldn't be going at, into right now. Hey, what? I think Superman's a much better character than people give him credit for. Oh, you should talk That's to Jesse then, because Jesse, who was on the cast two weeks ago, mm-hmm. or maybe, uh, yeah, two weeks ago, um, he's he's all about Superman. Like, Superman's an Superman excellent comic book character. Ever. And my people go, who's better, Batman or Superman? 
Neither one are anything compared to what they become when you have them together. Do you read Superman Batman, that comic? I've gone out of my way to find ones with Superman and Batman, because I like the dialogue. If written by the correct author and the correct writer, mm. the dialogue between them and the interaction between them, very satisfying, very entertaining. And I'm not a comic book person normally, but um, some of the ideals between it and the dialogue and how the two of them complement each other, you have a man with hundreds of superpowers of, of unbelievable like strength and then you have a guy in a bat costume this is the antithesis and the way they provide it they complement each other mm-hmm. they make each other worth going for and i can think about i could give you a couple examples of situations where batman actually outdoes superman simply by virtue of being batman right so and, I, I i read the series so yeah i know and it's just i i like it it's neat uh, what about the argument that uh, Superman's too powerful now? Like, he has too many powers that there's really nothing. Like, he's kind of pigeonholed himself into this. Uh, the thing about Superman was, he, you know, was he never his powers. Challenge. Huh? The thing about Superman is never his powers. The challenge wasn't the enemies he fought; it was his own personal ethics. Superman has a sense of ethics. You do right no matter what. You don't do wrong under any circumstances you honor a person's freedom of choice even if you don't agree with it and here's a man who literally if he wanted to could change the world to fit his way of thinking and he chooses not to he chooses a the difficulty about his path isn't the fact that he doesn't have the power to change it because he does the fact is he wants to change it and ethically he can't make himself do it he has to force himself to do nothing, and it makes him feel powerless because of his virtue, not because of his powers. And that's what I think makes Superman an interesting character. He has the ability to do so many things, but he chooses a very narrow moral path, and that is what limits him. And watching him struggle with his decisions to do the right thing when it's necessary. Even when he has the power to do the easy thing and finish up a task quickly, he chooses to do the more difficult thing by taking it very slowly and being very easy about it. Well, I think there was a... Believe it or not, there was a cartoon that really gestured this very easily. Some kind of super monster from space, as they usually are, crashes in the middle of the city and beats the hell out of every other superhero. And then Superman comes around and at one point... This thing kicks Batman across the room and nearly kills him. In which case, Superman goes, you know what? He doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have special abilities. All he has is the will to fight you. And that makes him better than almost anybody in this room. Me, I live in a universe of cardboard. I have to be careful of everything I do in the fear that I might destroy something just by not being careful enough. But you, you look like a big boy. What do you say we play this for real? And then proceed to toss him around the city like a ragdoll. I was just reading, uh, I think the current storyline in it. Um, oh, there's like hundreds some of different alternates. magic spirit thing uh, gave Batman Superman's powers, and Superman became a mortal, a reg- like a regular mortal. Uh-huh. And uh, when Batman received Superman's powers, it was like the power that Batman always wished he could have because he could finally do all the good that he wanted. Mm-hmm. And eventually, um, it got like Batman got so corrupted by having that power 
that he turned on the Justice League and like told all the other heroes that they were slackers and because Batman was just cleaning up Gotham like furiously and because he well, like no one could stop a him. Normal vanilla human surrounded by superheroes, he had to work twice as hard yeah. before. And he finally had their power, and so he could finally get what he get done what he wanted to. And then finally, when they tried to stop him, they said, "Hey, you know." Batman, you're kind of getting carried away with this, and, he's, and then he like turned on them and started fighting them. Like, you can't stop me from defeating evil like I've always wanted. And I can't remember how they finally uh. It was Superman's him, but... powers. He was better at fighting Superman than the original Superman. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's how it went down. But... Yeah, I think they, uh, somehow Superman got him back, but Batman didn't lose him. But yeah, it was pretty interesting. Anyway, I was also gonna. There's so many different convoluted scheme is depending on who's writing it at the time. Yeah, I think that's actually been done a couple times where they've traded powers. It, oh, it's just been written okay. in different ways. And then there's you get into alternate universes like this is what would happen if one guy made a slightly different choice. And then there's five or six series of comics based on this one thing. Yeah. It's now just, they're doing one where all the mutants are trying to kill each other. In X-Men? Oh, yeah, but I think it's X-Men because I think the last one involved Thor falling from the sky and randomly stomping on people yeah i don't follow marvel too much and i think it's interesting that the idea of superheroes is a magnificent plot carrying device for telling a story and like we said earlier uh the story is what makes it kind of worth going for it's a very rewarding to tell a story that people enjoy and that people get something out of and comic books is a fantastic medium it's it's like movies. It's like the newspaper. It's like listening to a radio station that's telling a good story for that. It's the book on tape. It's a good novel. Comic books are just another medium for telling a story, for giving you an idea you might not have thought of before, or learning a lesson you might not have heard anywhere else. If a person takes a story the right way, a lot of people say learn from your mistakes. I say learn from other people's mistakes. I can learn from yours. You can learn from mine. I can learn from Batman's. I can learn from Spock's in Star Trek. I can learn from uh, the CSI crew in CSI Miami. Any story I get, I can take it for the lesson it teaches and learn it and learn from it as though I had that experience. It makes me a better person. And anybody who takes that experience for themselves makes themselves a better person. That's what it's all about. That's why we tell stories. That was beautiful. I think we should probably just end it right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. That's, that's why I love movies. It's why I love games. That's why you like media. Yeah. Yeah, really. The It's the telling of a story. That's why I love the role play. Yeah, it's a geeky thing. Try it once. You can experience hundreds of worlds you might never have done once and interact with things you could only imagine. And you can do it as freely or as openly as anything else you do, is going outside, getting your mail. You can talk with things that exist only in your imagination. Try it once before you knock it. It's a great experience. I remember when Jason Cross tried to get me to play Star Wars role-playing. I was like, what do you do? Star Wars role-playing was a really complicated system. Was it? it yeah. Because... The, the rollover sixes, you roll a six and you See, he never again. taught me like the, like the plus and minus dynamics. He was just like, he opened the book and he's like, Okay, we're on tattooing, and then I was like, and then what? Oh, you, you he's gotta, like, it's up you to you. You, you do it, whatever you want. I was like, well, anything. All right. <laughs> uh, addendum: What I said before, find a really good DM. 
and then play the game. Once you DM have some means dungeon, dungeon master. master. Yeah. That's the guy that he plays the monsters and the shopkeeper down the street and the and the voluptuous wench at the bar and the city guard and everything that you interact with as a person. The DM is the world. He's the environment. He's the weather. He's the lake. He's everything. He's the male. I just had a sweet idea. Do you think we could improvise a role-playing game on this podcast? Possible. Likely. Probably be better for another podcast. Some of these things right. take some time. That's why I'm thinking we'll end this one. Oh. And then we'll come back and record another one that's, that'll air on a different week. Yeah, that'd be really neat. I need to have time to get my leg to have feelings. Yeah, we need to <laughs> break. So I think <coughs> your little um, essay about media is a good stopping point and um yeah uh keep listening because doug and i will be back uh soon with a uh, odd (laughs) a very experimental podcast so uh for nebcast this is brad haig and douglas stoker nice to see you all again say that again because you're like you're away from the mic (laughs) doug stoker nice to see you all again happy to be back and uh keep listening for another episode of nebcast